Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is the B&B Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Rachel Prince, realtor, rentalpreneur, coming to you from Indianapolis, kind of a desolate uh, land right here in the Midwest right now with, uh, again, I think we're moving into week two of bars and restaurants being closed. People are picking up their foods. We are experiencing the... um, the coronavirus outbreak and what that uh, basically the the implications that that has within so many different industries has been monumental. And so I thought we would bring another episode in about, you know, kind of the coronavirus outbreak, the updates, the global pandemic and what it means for hosts and um, what it means for not only our livelihood, but our 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 health and well-being, because I, I feel like this is this has impacted me personally at a very deep level. Like I'm feeling my emotions are raw. I'm feeling a little bit. Um, I'm feeling a little bit like, um, you know, I'm healthy. I'm well, but I think the emotional stress of what's going to be happening, what is going to be um, the, you know, future for everyone here. What changes are going to happen within the industry? You know, that uh, that's very pressing right now. Um, with me today, joining me is uh, correspondent Shane Huff, and I'm um, very glad you, you came back on and decided that you could share with everybody um, some more of the updates that I think you and I both can can offer out there to the host. So welcome back, Shane. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rachel. Yeah, absolutely. So, Shane, um, how, how are you doing? How are you guys faring? Uh, why don't you give the updates from your end of the world. Yes, yeah, so we're doing okay. Um, from a personal standpoint, uh, schools have been shut down, um, and our daycare actually just announced that they're going to be closed this week. So uh, we've been scrambling to find a solution for our two kiddos. Um, and I think I think we have one. Uh, my wife's work is allowing her to to work remotely from home. So we're very fortunate from that perspective that she'll be able to work from home uh, and also be with the kids while uh, daycare is closed. Uh, for me, work is going to continue as is. We're a supplier of goods to some of the. Uh, businesses and industries that have been deemed essential. So your C stores, your travel centers, your grocery stores, um, we supply goods to those areas. So uh, I will still be working and and traveling. We're very fortunate in that regard, but we have a lot of friends who have obviously been impacted by the coronavirus. I mean, right across the river in Illinois, they, uh, they actually have gone ahead and passed a quarantine um, the governor issued a stay-at-home order on Friday, uh, making the the latest state to do a sweeping mandate in the fight against the coronavirus. So, lots of lots of impact in a lot a lot of states. From a business standpoint, um, I you know I utilized a lot of the tips and tricks that we had talked about in the last episode. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, I believe it's episode 49, um, wherever you get your, wherever you get your podcast, you can download that. We shared some tips and tricks on how to try your best to survive uh, what's going on 
And I implemented a few of those and actually was fortunate enough to get a 18-night uh, booking from um, some employees coming into town to work on a local power plant. So, wow. um, the, the, yeah, the tips, and, the tips and tricks are working, but I know it's, it's, it's got to be far and few between, especially with a lot of these states that are uh, clamping down and really, really impacting the Airbnb business. Yeah, Shane, so did you do a promotion or did you reduce the rates and do a minimum night stay requirement? Great question. We, we, um, we did a promotion for this week. So we have a guest who just checked in today, actually, uh, where we ran a promotion. It was 10% off for the week. Yep. They, they rec- yeah, they, I think they recognized the promotion, so they, they bumped us up, and we were, we were able to get somebody in for this week. And then, yeah, we, did, we didn't run a promotion for the following weeks, but we definitely we lowered our, our rates uh, quite a bit to an average nightly rate that would just really cover our expenses, uh, and we were able to get a guest in that way. That's great. Yeah, I've also on this end gotten bookings, interestingly enough, not so much with my larger houses, although I did get one two-week booking with a a local family who had some plumbing issues and they didn't want to take any chances at their house, so they're staying at, uh, you know, one of our four-bedroom houses. However, most of the one- and two-bedrooms have, uh, that aren't luxury, for example, have been rented by locals, so all the way up to April. So I feel like, you know, a good good uh, percentage of those have been booked. Some are by local, some are by, uh, I would say more are by people who have been traveling who don't want to go stay at their family's house or who need to self-quarantine and kind of want to lay low for a little while. So it's been very interesting. It's, it's a completely new type of guest. Right, we're 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 receiving this unusual request for why someone might want to come and stay at your place, and a lot of them had mentioned, you know, your place looks really clean, and so I know that's a big concern for guests, and they're they're wanting that guarantee, but also, uh, you know, they're reading the reviews, they're making sure, and so I think, you know, for hosts out there right now, we <clears throat> that's definitely going to be something that um, you'll want to ramp up. Um, I'll be, one of the things I wanted to say was making sure that the cleaners are safe when they're cleaning after a guest leaves. So, you know, wearing rubber gloves if you need to. I know some of my cleaners just have a really, they have a very strong constitution and, and uh, in general are in good health, so they're not as afraid. But maybe waiting an extra day to clean so, you know, there's no, um, you know, saliva or anything. I don't know what you want to say on on things. I'm not trying to create fear. This is not a plague. This is a virus. And viruses, um, you know, can die as well. And, and, you know, how many viruses have we had in our lifetime? So I would say that I'm not trying to create fear or anything. But I would say maybe just be being extra cautious. Yeah, and to your point, um, about taking extra time to clean. So when I looked at my calendar just last night, I saw that with the bookings that we have, there's a day in between. And I actually just blocked those days off and decided that it would be, we would be better suited to take the extra time to go through the house and clean top to bottom 
and disinfect and give ourselves a little bit of an extra buffer because we are cleaning our property. Yeah. Give ourselves a little bit of extra time to get in there and really do a thorough job before the next guest comes in. So we, uh, yeah, we ended up blocking two of the dates preceding somebody else's arrival. Um, exactly. I feel the same way over on this side. You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, doing same-day bookings, I feel like there's no rush to do it. I mean, there's a lot more time on our hands, but it's definitely, we're, we're ramping that up as well. Yeah, so one of the things, though, that now we are going to deal with as hosts, and this is the first time that we've ever come across this, is we had a guest book for 18 nights, um, and that's by far the longest stay that we've had. So, I, I would imagine that it, it's possible in, in this time that guests might be staying for longer periods of time. Either they're coming in to, as a worker to aid uh, in an essential business, or perhaps they are trying to social distance, and so they're looking for longer stays. I, I've never been through it, but I was curious to know from you, Rachel, are there, are yeah. there tips or tricks or are there things that you do differently for guests who stay for, say, longer than two weeks? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of what we were, I was alluding to in the last podcast and, and just earlier here is that I have definitely lowered my rates and increased the nightly minimum. So between 10 and 20 days uh, and dramatically decreased, if not in half, cut in half the, the nightly rate to get those longer bookings. And you're right, people are coming in for that self self-quarantine or um, they don't want to, they've been traveling abroad, they don't want to risk infecting their family, but they feel fine. Um, uh, and also uh, people who maybe, who aren't starting back up at their jobs up until April or mid-April and therefore have extended their stays. We've got a, quite a few of those. And we've also got uh, people who are looking to move <laughs> and um, maybe pushing that out a little bit. And we did get one for a, like a, someone, their, their factory here needed attention. And so they needed their worker to come and stay a little bit longer. So I think that you're right. There's, there's a little bit more need now, right now for the longer stays. Now, I will say I have gotten on a couple places those two-day, two-night stays, which I'm very kind of leery about. And here's why. I got one uh, the other day and or an inquiry for a two-day booking, and she said, oh, it's just me and my boyfriend want to come downtown and, you know, just get away or something, right? And I'm just like, I don't know. Is now the time for that, <laughs> you know? Is now the time for that? Because if you're not staying at home, then that means you're going out, you're risking, you know, other people's safety if you're healthy and you're, you're you know, you you maybe say had COVID and 19 and you're kind of carrying that. And so you risk it for other people. If you go and hang out downtown at some of the shops or, you know, take out food, uh, just, just general, generally speaking. But then like, I, I don't know. I was like, it, not only that, but what if they feel fine and then the cleaner comes in, cleans after them and then they get them sick, sick. So I was kind of thinking like, maybe those aren't a good idea. So I kind of, I, I deterred that. I really did. I'm looking for, I'm very specific about what I'm looking for as a host right now. Longer stays that their people are here for a good reason versus uh, another girl wanted to meet her boyfriend and stay for a week. 
but didn't add him on as a second guest until after, which then it added like, uh, you know, 70 bucks. And she wasn't willing to pay that. And so I, you know, I worked to, to negotiate down with her on that second guest rate. But at the same time, you know, the level, uh, the caliber of guests that I, I am getting at the lower rates is, you know, is not necessarily where I want to be and the type of conscious minded traveler and guest that, that I typically like to attract in. Okay. That's just my realm. It's like, there's a conscious traveler club and I really appreciate travelers. And I would say, you know, um, 85% of the travelers I get have in the past have been that way. They've been very conscious minded and um, the rest, you know, maybe they're new to Airbnb or they've never, they haven't traveled as much or they're not sure of how to, you know, live in or respect someone else's home sort of thing, or they're not a homeowner. Like for me, I'm just, I want to protect the homeowner's homes, but I also want to be cautious in helping them um, get the right guests at this time and not, uh, you know, make sure everybody's safe, including the guests, but also, you know, work on bringing in the revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And we are, we're faced with similar challenges. You know, we're still trying to, as newer Airbnb hosts, we're still trying to figure out where, where our risk tolerance is as far as the guests and what we're, what we're going to allow. And so we hadn't even really gotten into a good policy for what we're going to allow and what we're not going to allow when all of a sudden the coronavirus hits. And it, so, and so now we're, we're facing the um, the real impact of the coronavirus and already changing what our um, policies may may have been to begin with, um, which makes it which makes it difficult and interesting. Um, we just we try our best to screen our tenants, but at the same time, and to your point, we have it's not our property. We signed a lease. Yeah. There is a property owner, and so we have to keep that in mind as well. That you know, this isn't just our place that we need to protect as we sublease it out. It's, it's somebody else's place and they've put in a lot of work to rehab this home and, and make it look really beautiful and clean. And so we're, we're definitely trying to figure that out as we, as we go as well, as far as, you know, who are we going to allow into our place? Um, we haven't come across a situation where anybody local has tried to book yet. But um, I'm sure it's going to come up, and I'm sure we're going to have to decide if that's going to be something that we are comfortable with. Because you're right, it kind of gives you pause to say, why exactly are you looking to rent an Airbnb in your city? What, you know, what kind of no, reason? When it's quarantine. Or, you know, yeah. When it's yeah, quarantine, it's, exactly. like, it's kind of like. It's not a joke, people. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like I, I, I know you guys want to, like, relax and, and de-stress, and I get that, but I'm also kind of like maybe it's not the right time. But um, I definitely want to be there for people to help them, and I think we have been. But I think at some point there's going to be the time when some of these hosts are going to have to think about whether or not they're turning their property into, you know, 30-day long-term stays you know, the 30 day minimum night requirement or long-term rentals and six to mm -hmm. 12 month leases. And I think that is upon a lot of us now. I mean, have you even considered that or are you just kind of trying to get through these next few months first before you do? 
Or, or, what would your or, or what would your conversation be? Like, you know, have you thought about what your conversation would be to your little landlord? We have not discussed it with the land landlord yet. Um, we've talked about it. Fortunately, I, I mean, at this point, we've had we have bookings through April nineteenth, so we gotcha. haven't, and we had a little bit of cash reserves, uh, and we only have the one property, so we've we've had a little bit of a buffer to be able to wait and see what's happened. Um, and and we got a couple of bookings. The discussions that I've had with my wife, we're definitely open to it because that is, look, that's one of the alternative strategies that we we talked about even before jumping in here, jumping into being an Airbnb host because we want to have the multiple exit strategies in the event something were to happen. Now, we, we definitely never foresaw anything like this. Um, but we're, we're, look, if it comes to April and we get through these next three bookings and there's nothing or – the state of Iowa decides that they're going to also do uh, some sort of quarantine, then we're definitely open to the idea of switching to a long-term, a long-term stay. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, this is a business and we're beholden to uh, the owner of the property because we signed a lease. So if we need to pivot that, that direction, we're definitely going to do that. I was just gonna say we haven't really, yeah. you know, what we haven't talked about though. What's that look yeah. like? You know, how's that gonna look from a right. linens and towels and, and what kind of things? So we haven't discussed that. What do you mean, like with linens and towels? Like what you would do with them if you rented it out long term, yeah. and the furniture? Well, yeah, yeah. What what does what does that look like? Because now we turn it over uh, when the guests when the guest leaves or we get another right. guest in. And so if we switch to a, to a long-term rental, is it going to be more like what we're doing in a duplex now where, you know, the guest, or I guess at that time, there'll be the tenants. The tenants are responsible yeah. for I, anything I you would normally you, be responsible for. Yeah. I think you raised a good point, And that's, that is that as the hosts start thinking about whether or not they're switching to long-term rentals, is that going to be a furnished unit are they going to have to get a U-Haul and put some stuff in storage, sell it on Facebook? I had a friend who mentioned he thought there'd be a lot of Airbnb liquidation going on. So, you know, next door, Facebook, Marketplace, Craigslist, things like that. So uh, maybe some people could get some really good deals on furniture. But on the other hand, it's like uh, that, he, you know, his prediction was there'd be a lot more, um, a lot more short-term rental liquidation going on you know i think i think you have the right you know ideas or questions in mind about like you know would what would you do and you know a lot of people have invested a lot of money into these homes with furniture you know five to ten k minimum like with furniture and and sheets and linens and stuff and i would say you know guys just like out there put it uh you know if you decide to go long term you know give you know when we're thinking about negotiating a longer term stay which i do consistently i i had a guy uh from the olympic basketball team i think he was negotiating uh, some terms with me that to uh, to this morning and um you know his schedule is very uncertain okay and he's like i might be week to week but i could maybe also do a month to month and but I don't know if I have to go back abroad to Europe or what. So it's it's very uncertain in these times. And I think one of the keys as a host is to be very flexible and also to work on the negotiation of pricing so that it works for both the host 
and for the guest. I mean, there's going to be a lot of negotiating. I just happen to like negotiating. I happen to like, you know, going back and forth until I can feel like I've got a fair price for the owner. I've got a fair price for the guest, and I'm good at doing that. Not everybody is. Um, you know, I, I would just say like, there's a number in your gut that kind of might come up and that, a number might feel good between you and the guest to, to begin negotiations with. But I, I definitely always say to the guest, what's your budget? Um, you know, we're pretty flexible over here and the owner does have, you know, this amount in mind, but I typically always just open with, you know, what's your budget? What are you looking for? And sometimes they'll just say, no, what, how much does it usually go for a month? And I'll say, well, usually it goes for X amount. Obviously, you know, we're willing to, to work with you on that price. You know, how, let's work together. And, of course, being able to offer a furnished place that's even um, – furnished place and a flexible, you know, week-to-week for that guest might even um, allow someone to get a longer booking and with, the, with more guests. So that's another option for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about it because when I was when I was first looking for a property to do this Airbnb business, I I tried to do a search on like Craigslist and Trulia and, and Zillow, some of the, the other rental websites where I would filter to furnished properties only. There really wasn't a lot, at least in the Quad Cities, there really weren't a lot of options for fully furnished properties. So I think you might have, depending on your market, a competitive advantage if you do keep the furniture in there, and then you can just negotiate the rent accordingly, based being you know having it based off being a um, a furnished property as opposed to absolutely. not having furniture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I that's how I rented out my place. I have a friend, and you know, he was looking for a property, at, you know, a good maybe well a lot deal cheaper but I was like you know you're getting a deal because I'm paying I'm still going to pay for utilities still giving you wi-fi you get Netflix HBO (laughs) and um, you get you know all the furniture the linens you get laundry soap you get soaps you get shampoos all of that's already in there and so it, it you know you would spend probably more just to get everything signed up who knows what how long it would take for the service and utilities to get out there to set up your wi- your Wi-Fi? You, you really got an advantage for them. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're offering quite I, a bit. I, I, for... Absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, with in the traditional long-term rental market, um, furnished or unfurnished, usually the tenant pays all those things like utilities. Um, and they have to coordinate getting the installation of those items. Exactly. Um, if it's not furnished, they have to furnish it. So I think, I think in a traditional market under non-coronavirus uh, times, your your offering of furnished plus paid utilities would kind of be an aberration. But in this time when um, things have just gone crazy, that competitive advantage could really bode well for you and your business and keeping your doors open by offering something so unique and that, that is, uh, tenants just aren't normally used to that they're going to gravitate towards those rentals. So I think that's a fabulous idea. Yeah, especially for the, the good price that they're going to get right now because I um, negotiated a price that I felt, you know, was fair, but I also said it's month to month because as the market picks back up or what have you, I, w- you know, would like to be short-term renting once again. And so I feel like this was a good, 
you know, this is a good um, uh, middle ground for both of us. And I also said, you know, you can store some things in the basement. And that way I feel like it's still my house. It's still not, uh, you know, somebody hasn't moved all their stuff in. And then I, I feel like that's not really what I wanted to do with my house. So it definitely gives me some more options. I definitely recommend that people go to rocketlawyer.com. That's what I do. I just go to rocketlawyer.com and I, I, uh, it fills in a, a vacation rental lease right there. You just plug in the numbers and it fills all that information in and then it electronically sends um, so you can both digitally sign and it makes it very easy. So I would definitely recommend setting your terms uh, on, a, on a lease individually outside of Airbnb. Even if it is through Airbnb, I would recommend, and they do book for 30 days, I would still have a vacation rental lease if you're doing it over 30 days, in other words. This just happened to be my friend or someone I knew, so um, we didn't go through Airbnb. We just do it directly, but I still have a vacation rental lease. So I think that's a good, good thing to do. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great point because it is a different model, right? It is a different business model we start getting into, even if it's month to month, but when you start getting into the long-term, long-term yeah. leases – um, it's a, that's a good point to make sure that you have your, that you're protected, that your business is still protected by having some sort of additional lease agreement that the tenant can sign so that everybody's on the same page. And so they, so that and you're the, right, so that your business is protected. And the reason for that is because some people have asked me this too, is, you know, when did tenants start having rights or when do people start having rights as tenants? And it's usually over 30 days. It's that 30 day mark. So once you start getting into month-to-month rentals or long-term rentals over 30 days, that's when, you know, you, you've got to be a little bit more sure of who you're renting to. And, you know, you can do, uh, you know, if you know them, that's a little different. But, you know, that's when you might want to consider background checks or getting a copy of their driver's license and making sure you have a permanent address on file for them. Things like that will help, uh, you know, if you ever had to take any civil action. But ultimately, tenants have rights. And as you, everybody, a lot of people know right now, the government has said, made it, uh, has put off evictions right now. So you can't evict anyone during this quarantine. So who knows how long that will extend for. Just keep that in mind that this is, uh, you know, you can't just kick out a tenant. So. Now, did you have to change how your insurance is structured for those properties? The, um, for the Airbnb house, that the, the home that we are leasing, we just have short-term rental insurance on that property, whereas on the duplex, we have a totally different long-term rental policy from a completely different company. I would, I would imagine that there would have to be some restructuring on the insurance end. Am I right? Yeah. Who are you using for your short-term rental insurance? I'm curious. Proper. Oh, you're using proper. Okay. I'm using yeah. Travelers. Uh, I find Travelers is a little less expensive out there for short-term rentals than proper. However, proper is very mm-hmm. thorough, I feel. And then I would, um, yeah, you bring up a great point because uh, I have reached out to my local insurance provider and asked him, uh, you know, said, hey, look, I'm going to be renting long-term going on for. And so for short-term, I will be, Running long term, is there any other options for pausing my short term rental insurance, or uh, you know going back to 
homeowner's insurance, like what, what does he recommend? So I'm waiting to hear back from him on that. But I think pausing short-term rental insurance might be a nice little way to save some money right now if you're not doing it or if you've switched to long-term. Yeah, you definitely sure. want to get rid of the short-term rental insurance because well, it's more expensive, way more expensive. Well, and, and um, the coverages are different. The coverages are going to be different too. And so oh, having a yeah. better understanding of, of each – and yep. which one might might fit better with the current situation or with the current uh, lease agreement with your tenant would be, uh, I, I would think, would be very important as well. So that might be something that, uh, yeah, yeah, people would want to contact. Yeah, they need to reach out to, about, for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah, they need to reach out to proper or travelers and, and find out from their, their, their respective insurance agent on that. Uh, but it, 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 you raise a good point. We do need to... Consider how we're spending our money right now, how we can conserve our money, how we can serve, uh, you know, as we're negotiating prices down, you know, where can we, can, where can we save a little on the back end as well? And speaking of saving some money, I think that as it slows down, we're also going to be saving on purchasing items such as, you know, stocking, stocking items such as soaps and shampoos and toilet paper and also maybe even having a hard time with with getting some of those supplies have you noticed that <laughs> amazon now yeah. shipping prime <laughs> yeah yeah uh which significantly impacts how we are we're getting our supplies you know we we've gone to costco we have a local costco that we go to and pick up some of those supplies and my my wife was there the other day back when this was first starting to really ramp up, you know, and, and the government was really starting to take notice and enact some different policies. Um, and she said, you know, she was amazed because when she went there, everybody had a large thing of toilet paper and towels, paper, paper towels. And they were limiting it to one per person, but still um, it made it difficult to, find some of those uh some of those items you know yeah. some of the items that you need in your place i mean i i so i work with a lot of the grocery stores in the local area and i was in there last week and their uh toilet paper paper towel aisles were empty i mean they yeah. were just completely empty so it's it's um it's definitely a challenge now for me to find the items that we need to stock in our in our Airbnb rental, um, one of the things I did come across is I, I also work with a lot of the smaller, more local pharmacies and grocery stores. You know, I'm, I'm, there are a lot of towns out there that have the national chains, but then you might have a more local uh, mom and pop run store that may have supplies because they haven't been rated quite as much as the name brand stores. And I was able to find uh, smaller bags, and they were a little bit more expensive. But I was able to to find some supplies in the the lesser known, more mom and pop type shops that would a enable us to get through at least, you know, for the foreseeable future. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really but, really interesting. I I think that's a that's that's going to be interesting going into next month because I think right mm -hmm. now people are, I, I've even had a homeowner say to me, 
you know, can I get some toilet paper out of the stock closet? Because <laughs> um, we lock them up, you know. So I think it's interesting times here. I never thought I'd have that conversation with my hosts, my other yeah. homeowners. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, I mean, we even, to be honest with you, Rachel, we have some extra supplies for the property. But yeah. when Missy went to, my my wife, when she went to the store the other day and she had difficulty picking some up, we even, we thought about, well, you know, worst case scenario, we do have a couple of extra supplies. And you're just like, yeah, it's amazing some of the things that we're doing now just to get by, just to make sure that we have some of the essentials. We have, uh, since some of our guests checked out, you know, last week, they left a, a lot. I would say I had some longer term guests checking out one was in a luxury unit so of course when she left it was like she left so much food and we literally <laughs> we literally like brought home three and full bags of whole foods groceries <laughs> I mean I stocked up I was like dang I mean usually I would like throw it out or tell my cleaners to take it but I had just gone over there myself to check it out and um looking through the fridge and the cupboards, I was just like, oh, my God, there's just so much food. Like, I would never usually do that. But I realized how precious it was, you know. <laughs> it was just so strange, strange times. And, yeah, you know, some of my B&Bs that are sitting vacant, yeah, I would I would say they, they have stock right now um, in their closets, stock closets. So might be, um, you know, who knows, uh, might need to borrow some for another property from there. Being resourceful. And we can use paper napkins, guys. I've started using our cloth napkins again more and more um, just because I, I don't even want to try to go buy paper towels. But I'm just like, yeah, for my Airbnbs. But I think at the end of the day, cloth napkins are a really good idea. Cloth. Yep. Cloth napkins. Yeah. Yeah. Got the cloth yeah. napkins out. And that's some of the – yep. And that's and you you know you make a great point. I mean I think that's some of the resourceful things that we've we've tried to do over here as well is is okay if we can't get supplies you know from this store what can we do how can we how can we substitute do do we take some from our personal supply just to get through on the on the Airbnb side so we uh, yeah we're constantly trying to be creative in how we stock supplies for our Airbnb guests without compromising our personal stock. You know, just understanding where everybody personally sits within this industry. There's going to be some big decisions coming up as to what everybody wants to do and do with their short-term rental. And, uh, you know, between negotiating extended stays and stocking items and changing maybe to a long-term rental and, uh, you know, saving some of, uh, saving for some of the, um, uh, in the areas that you can, like with short-term rental uh, insurance, if you can save some money there. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be some real telling times right now ahead. And I, I feel like um, everybody, you know, we, it's, it's definitely good if we can all stay calm, but I know, like I was saying earlier, like this has really affected me at a deep level because I feel like maybe, um, I'm kind of, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, after next month, like at the end of the month, cause I do my payouts at the end of the month. So it'll be interesting to see next month after payouts kind of where I am with everything and, and how that you know, what, it, what, what the future looks like for short-term rentals with me and my business, you know, and as I,
may have alluded to in the last podcast episode, I, you know, I'm kind of working on some uh, brainstorming some ideas for what I want to be doing in the next, uh, you know, in the upcoming years as I move forward into some of my other dreams and bringing those into, uh, you know, landing those dreams and seeing, you know, do I just want to work on my own properties or do I want to continue being a property manager or, uh, you know, an influencer in the world? Like what uh, what it will bring will, will really be a question for a lot of people in the next few weeks, if not months. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, um, some of this is going to be out of our hands. You know, it, if the government yeah. continues to uh, quarantine and, and shut down, and states continue to, to shut down and enforce uh, stay-at-home orders, that's, it's really going to impact our business, and there's, yeah. no, there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, if it's a government mandate, it really, it really handcuffs you as a host. And that's something that we're concerned with over here big time. Um, mm-hmm. Iowa being right next to Illinois, a state that just issued a stay-at-home order, uh, concerns us because, you know, what, it, are we going to be next? And if so, how long are these stay-at-home orders going to last? And what does that exactly mean for the Airbnb business? So it's uh, it's certainly stressful. We're 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 stressed. We're concerned. We uh, we are doing our best to stay positive and yeah. um, adjust. You know, be malleable during this time. But uh, some of it is just completely out of our hands, and I think that's probably the most frustrating part for us, for sure. I wanted to mention that Airbnb did send out or it was on a on Facebook. Um, here it is. I have it. I have the link now. It's uh, ask Congress to support Airbnb's economic relief proposal because ultimately the hosts have suffered and been impacted, you know, greatly, greatly too. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if the uh, hotel industry will be lobbying for this, but I do know that Airbnb has put out this, uh, on their, uh, it's going through their thread right now on Facebook. It's actnow.airbnbcitizen.com. And so I think if you go to uh, actnow.airbnbcitizen.com, you can sign up to create a petition to ask Congress to support Airbnb's host economic relief proposal. And I went and did, I did that, and um, they they definitely keep updating us with the information of, of how that's going. So you can, they'll automatically send something to your, uh, you know, senator in your area. Mine is um, for the Indianapolis area. Um, if you're in Indianapolis, it's Senator Mike Braun, Senator Todd Young, and uh, Representative Andre Carson. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool how they've all got that set up and ready to email to your senators of your state you can ask for help um, to support, you know, the U.S. workforce means to also support the, the Airbnb hosts and uh, the vacation rental industry. Yeah, Rachel, I think I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I think we need to, we, I think we all need to get on there and, and sign the petition. I'm definitely going to do that because the, the hotel industry um, has a pretty strong lobbying force and we need to, we need to lobby for ourselves, especially in the Airbnb host community uh, with being such a large business and 
with the sharing economy and the sharing generation and the overall impact that this is having on Airbnb hosts. We need to have a voice. I'm glad that I'm glad that there's a petition up there that allows us to vocalize our concerns and I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna sign that too. I would hope that Great. everybody does it. Yeah, okay, good. I'm I'm glad. Well, everybody, it's been a pleasure to uh, bring you the information that we have, and I know we're sharing what we can to support you all in this uh, difficult time, and we wish everybody the best. I know I am still taking consultations uh, for you know helping people and hosts out there and come up with better solutions, but if you have any ideas, please get a hold of me or Shane. You can reach us at rentalpreneur.com and send us an email at rentalpreneur at gmail.com. We'd love to help you help support you guys. So anyway, uh, I just want to say thanks for tuning in. And according to how the algorithm works, it helps if you like, share, subscribe. And so that this podcast episode can be brought to other people out there who need this information. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank you for being with us and We'll see you on the flip side.